Hello and welcome to Just a Guy and his journey back to God. So today we're in Hebrews 5, but before we go there, let's go to God in prayer. Lord, thank you for this day and for taking care of us. Thank you for your comfort and your peace. And thank you for just being there when you're needed and when I need you. Father, I lift up this reading to you. I know I don't bring much to the table. And I pray that it would strictly be you, Holy Spirit, who guides it. And that it be your words, your lessons, and your wisdom we gain. May we understand more about you and grow closer to you. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So in chapter 4, we've wrapped up and um, ended up with the beginning of discussions around Jesus as the high priest in verse 14 of verse 4. And chapter 5 continues that thought. So I really wanted to just go back to verse 14 from chapter 4, start there, and then read through. It's not a very long chapter in general, so this shouldn't take too much time. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Verse 1. Every high priest is selected from among the people and is appointed to represent the people in matters related to God, to offer gifts and sacrifices for sins. He is able to deal gently with those who are ignorant or going astray, since he himself is subject to weakness. This is why he has to offer sacrifices for his own sins, as well as for the sins of the people. And no one takes this honor on himself, but he receives it when God called by ju- when, but he receives it when called by God, just as Aaron was. In the same way, Christ did not take on himself the glory of becoming a high priest, but God said to him, "You are my son. Today I have become your father." And he says in another place, "You are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek." During the days of Jesus' life on earth, he offered up prayers and petitions with fervent cries and tears to the one who could save him from death, and he was heard because of his reverent submission. Son though he was, he learned obedience from what he suffered, and, once made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him, and was designated by God to be high priest in the order of Melchizedek. So even though he prayed fervently, he wasn't given what he wanted, which was, you know, relief from what he was going to have to do, which is dying on a cross. But he still did it and he obeyed. So Jesus understands us because he went through so many trials, so many issues. Verse 11. We have much to say about this, but it is hard to make it clear to you because you no longer 
try to understand. This is that the header on this section is warning against falling away. So this is where it sounds like someone's intentionally hardening them, their hearts, or at least their, their brains. In fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. Sounds like me. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk, still being an infant, is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness, but solid food is for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. So, it's really one of those situations. You know, Jesus is our high priest. He gets us. He suffered. He didn't want to. As a man, he's like, I don't want to do this. But he was obedient to God. To the point of death. And now they're going to start talking about, you know what? If you're not, if you're really not wanting to learn and harden your hearts, well, there's not much that can be done. Because at this point of their lives, they should be, you know, really able to eat the tough stuff, the, the meat, understand about righteousness. But they're not even there yet. Kent Hughes, in Preaching the Word Commentary, writes, One thing every one of us had, has, of every one of us had in common as children was the desire to grow up. It occurred somewhere between our second and third year with the blossoming of our new awareness that we were little people who had the potential of becoming big. Big kids, those a year or two older than us, came to have powerful influence over us. Some became our secret heroes. We imitated the way they walked and sometimes even their, their faulty slouches. They influenced everything. The way we dressed, our likes, our dislikes, the toys we wanted, the way we talked, even our habits. In one memorable instance, he writes, our youngest child, William, then too, was addicted to sucking the knuckle of his index finger. Candidly, family pictures from that time universally show him with the knuckle in his mouth. We tried everything, reasoning, rewards, cajoling, but to no avail. Then one day, my wife overheard one of his older playmates say, you're a baby. Besides, suck your thumbs. Babies suck their thumbs. That night, as she tucked him in bed, the knuckle reflectively, reflexively went to his mouth. Then he consciously withdrew it and said, I, not a baby. And that was the last time we saw him with a knuckle in his mouth. How powerful is the desire to grow up? <clears throat> but there's also the desire not to. Because there's those in the church who just want to stay where they're at. And that's really what they're focused on. And that's what the last paragraph is all about. <coughs> Excuse me. So do we continue to grow? Or do we just keep ourselves stuck in a, in a place where we don't grow? And we rely on everyone else to teach us? It's a big question. I think it'll probably be answered tomorrow in the reading for chapter 6. And with that, let's go to God in prayer. Lord, thank you for this, for this day and for taking care of us and for the many blessings you've bestowed on us. I just pray for our country, Lord. There's a lot of confusion, and bottom line, Satan is running rampant. And I just pray, in Jesus' name, that he would be bound, that his demons would be bound, 
in this country and in this land, in this neighborhood, with all of our friends and all of our families. I just pray for Satan, you and your cohorts, to be bound in Jesus' name, to stay away from our family, away from our friends, and away from us. And I just pray, Lord, that as we go about our day today, in our evening tonight, that we would bring you honor and glory and focus on you, that we would stand strong and bring you joy. I know we can't do it on our own. I can't do it on my own. So I ask you, Lord, to show me and empower me to live the life you would want for me. I thank you and I praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thanks for joining me at Just a Guy and His Journey Back to God. I hope you have a great day.